Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're reviewing 1998's Happiness, directed by Todd Solins. We'll also be discussing a few great movies that we never want to see again. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Uh, I've been watching An Ideal Husband uh, by Oliver Parker. Uh, it's an adaptation of Oscar Wilde's play, of course, and it has an international cast of... Uh, very well-known, renowned actors, and um, it it's great fun, and everyone should see it. Okay, you know, it's 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 a very light, frothy watch. You know, you'll you'll be entertained, and you'll laugh, and um, and it's it's great stuff. Uh, if if you like, I, I don't know how familiar anybody everybody is with Oscar Wilde, but you know, if if you like his witty style, then yeah, then, yeah you'll be you'll be entertained. It's great. All right, good. I watched Aloha, the uh, most recent Cameron Crowe effort. Okay, uh, starring Bradley Cooper and has Emma Stone and. Rachel McAdams, mm. not Rachel McAdams. Um, yeah, I think it's Rachel McAdams. Okay. It is her. Mm-hmm. Basically, he's a retired secret Air Force pilot or some crap. And uh, <laughs> some crap. <laughs> I don't know, but it, it takes place in Hawaii, which is why it's called Aloha. And yeah. uh, he goes back. Rachel McAdams is his ex. Uh, John Krasinski's the new man. That's not the center of the story, but mm-hmm. um, it's your typical Cameron Crowe stuff. So if you like Cameron Crowe, you'll probably like this movie. Right. Um, I think he's pretty good. I think he's probably a little underrated, even though he's had a few huge movies. Yeah. But um, yeah, this, if you like Cameron Crowe, you're going to like this movie. Okay. And uh, there's some really good stuff with John Krasinski in this movie. I, oh. I really liked it. I really like this movie a lot. So right. aloha, everybody. Okay. Now... Or did you have a question, Dave? No, I'm just I'm glad to see that Bradley Cooper's working with someone other than David O. Russell. <laughs> exactly. You know, thank God. So. Yes. And um Jesus, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh man, <laughs> I know. Enough already. We were just talking about how I'm starting to blank on names. <laughs> and I couldn't remember Jennifer Lawrence just now. So we, this was minutes ago we were talking yes, about that's this. Right. I couldn't remember Bradley Cooper. <laughs> so off the air, I asked Dave. But J-Law took you half a second. Yeah, so J-Law, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm a little more fond of her, I guess. Sure, yeah. But uh, we're going to do our topic now, which is some uh, great movies that we don't want to watch again. Mm-hmm. Because we're doing happiness, folks, and it's kind of got some tough to swallow stuff in it. Right. So, so that's what, how we came up with this idea. So Dave, uh, do you have a movie? Um, yeah, well, and, and we, we, we talked briefly about this during the Oscars episode because of Room. Mm-hmm. You know, you had it as your best picture, and I had it as number two. But I, the the difference between that one and Brooklyn was that I don't ever want to see Room again, right? Because it's just it's really hard to take. And sometimes a film is undeniably great, yet you have no desire to see it again. And it's for any number of reasons. It could be that there's a scene of particularly grisly violence, um, or maybe the subject matter is just too much for you to sit through a second time. Um, maybe the film like scared you in a way that makes you never want to have that experience again, um, right? And I've got, you know, several of, of those. Um, as far as violence goes, um, Gary Oldman has only written and directed one film. It's called Nil by Mouth. It's, uh, it has a scene of spousal abuse that is, um, like, impossible. I, I don't ever want to watch it again. Really? Um, I'm I, surprised as big a fan of Oldman as you are. Well, he's not in the film. Oh, he's not in no. it? No. Oh, okay. He should stick to acting then, maybe. Well, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is a great movie. Okay, it's, it's a great, great. I mean, I can't. It's as good as anything Mike Lee's ever done. Wow, it's it's awesome. Wow. It's it's an amazing effort. And maybe I could watch the movie without that scene. Maybe I could fast forward through it. But just knowing it's there and knowing that it's coming, right. And having to deal with the aftermath of it, um, it's too much to take. And and I can't. I don't even want to like really explain it, other than just to say that the woman is pregnant and oh god, it's, it's a it's a scene of brutality that you just don't even want to like imagine. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. It's it's, <laughs> I, it's rough. I follow you. Right. <laughs> I I only thought of really two. Okay. I could have put more down if I thought more about it, but. I got on here Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Oh. I, I really don't want to watch this movie a second time. Okay. There's something about it. It's a very grisly movie. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name now. What, Michael Rooker? Michael Rooker. Yeah, uh-huh, what right. the heck is going on with me today? It's all right. It's all right. You're fine. All right. You got your work clothes on. You, you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You're out of sorts. Anyways, Michael Rooker plays Henry and, you know, he's a serial killer. <laughs> There's some scenes in this movie that were pretty disturbing, like the guy trying to rape his sister. And, yeah. Uh, when they go to buy that TV and they <sighs> kill that guy. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. 
it it was a good movie. Yeah. But I I, I could do without another viewing. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, I've seen that movie uh, double digit times. I know you like that movie yeah, a lot. You had yeah. it on one of your best I of did. lists. Yes. Uh, what was some, what was another movie that uh, that you like had trouble? Uh, with? This one isn't of the sort. As far as like violence okay. or spousal abuse goes, okay. <laughs> it's Million Dollar Baby. That's an upsetting film, sure. It, I don't want to go through this again. <laughs> I don't want to watch the girl. <laughs> what's her name? <laughs> Damn it. Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank. Now you've sucked yourself out. I, I'm totally out of this game right, right now. <laughs> Hillary Swank, uh-huh. die of cancer. I don't want to watch that again. No. no. Um, I, I hate that movie. <laughs> I really do not like that movie. I uh, because of that. Because of that, it's fine, dude. I understand. I mean, that 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 movie is um, like I don't want to sit through it again either. I've seen it once, and and I think it's great, and that's that's all I can say about it, right? You know, because I it's it's just too much. Clint to take. Eastwood was really good in it. I mean, yeah. everyone was really. Everyone, it was a great Morgan movie. Freeman, I know it's he won awesome. an Oscar for that movie actually, yeah. and Hillary Swank won her second Oscar. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what about you? I have. I have a few others. Um, that as far as violence goes, Irreversible is is the uh, is the other one by Gaspar Noé. It's a uh, irreversible. Right. It's got a rape scene in it that is uh, where Monica Bellucci is is um, is brutalized. That is, um, it's about nine minutes long, and they never cut away. Yeah. Is that? Um, I think I've seen this clip. It's like mm-hmm. in an alley or yes. a corridor. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's an infamous infamous scene. It is. Yeah. Right. And then there's other scenes in the film actually too where like Vincent Cassell uh like caves some guy's face in with it with a, a fire extinguisher. Right. Um and that, and they sh- they show just they don't cut away from th- these things and it's 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 yeah. Absolutely brutal. Ooh, Vincent Cassell's so good, man. Oh, he's great. I yeah. Love him. Man, he's a yeah, what an actor. He's awesome. <laughs> he's great. Requiem for a Dream. Um I I've seen that twice uh because I had to. I, I saw it, I was supposed to see it with a friend and I just couldn't wait and I went and saw it. Yeah. And then when he got off work, he was like, are we going to Re- Requiem? I, uh, okay. Okay. You know, <laughs> I, so I had to go again. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, and it just was, uh, it, it, man, it, it, man, it, I, I, I love the movie. I think it's great. I, I, I think that like everybody in it, it's some of the best work they've ever done. Yeah. But um, that ending montage is uh, man. Is... I've I've never seen this actually. Oh, okay. Uh, all, right, all right. I actually just rented it from the library okay. a few weeks ago. But mm. it was like the the edited version. Okay. So, so I took it back. Okay. I wanted to yeah. see the full thing. Right. Yeah. That, that this is another one. A lot of people say you can't you can't get through it a lot. And the thing that they edited out, I'm sure is I'm sure I know exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, that's what it is. And it's something that we've seen in other places and. Uh, in a non-upsetting way. Yeah. So it's weird. But uh, the other one that I wanted to mention as far as like an experience that, that you never want to have again is a movie from 1988 called The Vanishing. It was remade in the States eight years later with Kiefer Sutherland and Jeff Bridges. Stay mm-hmm. away from the remake. Okay. Uh, the remake is Hollywood bullshit. Gotcha. Uh, but the original, they're both by the same director, ironically. Okay. Um, he, cool. I guess he decided, well, I want to remake this in the States for money, so I'll, I'll give them what they want. But the, uh, the original 1988 version is one of the scariest films I've ever seen. Um, and cool. And it will, like, stick with you forever. And it, it involves one of, it involves the, a, a fear that we all have, uh, maybe the worst way to die that you can, that you can experience. Okay, gotcha. And, um, and you know a little demasculation uh, is that what it is it's well no it's not that okay uh but it's um what, what whatever <laughs> what, it, i'll i'll tell you off air okay uh, okay sounds good. yeah now, this is a, a family friendly <laughs> show here <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, you know how we roll actually, you, know, you know what I, I, don't, not, don't if, do it it's it's listeners say, go, go go surprise yourself okay yeah i'll, I'll just say texas funeral all right okay yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that's your clue all right all right so everyone out there watch all these movies once and never watch them again right <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about happiness let's get happy mm-hmm. bye <laughs>
Welcome back to Dudes All Movies. It is time to talk about 1998's Happiness, directed by Todd Solins. Dave, give everyone a synopsis, please. All right. Uh, well, and before we get started with the synopsis, uh, we'll just tell you that uh, this film is not for everyone. And if you hate it because of its morality, I won't argue with you. Many people find this movie hateful and inappropriate, um, and I completely understand what they mean, as, yeah. as does Scott. Yeah. You know? On the DVD cover, it says, for mature audiences only. It does. It's the only movie, it's the only, like, movie just that you can rent that I've ever seen that way. I, yeah, I've never seen that before. Right. <laughs> really strange. <laughs> I, I was a little worried going into this movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but the actual synopsis is that uh, this, is an, this is an ensemble movie in which ten people are dissatisfied with life and they try to better them their situation in like very unconventional or in some cases unlawful depraved ways yep um yep yep um so yeah uh (laughs) (laughs) this the movie is just about these characters really Uh you know um before we get into it yeah let's tell everybody why we did we're doing this movie right basically it's just a movie you really like yeah so Mm -hmm. you wanted me to see it and Mm -hmm. you wanted us to talk about it exactly um why do you really like this movie? I think it's one of the most original ideas put to film I've ever seen. I, I could agree with that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's in, and you you would think that you, you couldn't just tell the story of like the full story of ten different people in the time allotted, it, and and have them fully fleshed out like this. It, it's as an ensemble piece, it's it's as good as there's ever been in that. Like I guess I guess ensemble isn't a genre, but for lack of a better term, right, genre. Right. Um, that's, it's as good as, and as compelling as, as anything I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I, I could agree with you. I think it's pretty good myself going into it. I didn't know what to expect and Uh I was very pleased with what I saw. Excellent. Okay. So you don't have to stick around for the review folks. I I like this movie. (laughs) Um, Good night, everybody. Basically it's about all these different people and their unhappiness. Yeah. Even though the movie's called Happiness, yep. which is great. This movie is very ironic. Oh, yeah. And you learn about these people through all their interactions with each other. Certain characters you don't feel like would have any kind of connection with another character, but there's some kind of off, like, little connection between all of them in a way, mm-hmm. you know, which is cool. It doesn't really affect the story or the characters too much, but it's there, which right. is really cool. And like you said, it's hard to fit all this characterization into a movie. Right. But when they're all kind of interacting with each other differently in unique ways like it really helps it's an effective way to tell that story you're mm-hmm. right uh, because it doesn't have to be a thing where they all meet up together in the end and and, and kind of have it all wrapped up like a tarantino thing right um but it, instead it's just and everybody would be dead oh yeah they would be, be blood a, a bloodbath <laughs> and right exactly. it would be even worse than it is you know <laughs> it would be worse <laughs> right um but uh yeah, it, it, just to have them interact with one another and then have this, t- like, have them even, like, talking about one of the other characters but not having the context of what the other person has. Right. It's pretty excellent. Okay, who... I guess we got to do this by, like, talking about each yeah, individual person. Sure. There's not really a, a way to go through this Yeah, it'd be that. tough, right. I know. Yeah, so the movie opens, basically, on a, with a date. It's John Lovitz. In a, he has a small role in this movie. <laughs> Who has never I been was, better, by the way. I, I agree, I, man. I, wow. I was shocked. He, I was like, I didn't even know he was in this. Yeah. This is great. I know. And then, um, what's her name? Uh, Jane Adams. Jane Adams right. is in it. She's his date. Joy Jordan is mm-hmm. her character. Um, and I guess it opens up the movie with... She must have just dumped him. Yep. And they're at a restaurant. Yep. And it's some of the toughest stuff to watch. Like, imagine being on a date and being told, oh, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> and still sitting there, like, trying to get your food and, like, just get through it and not getting up and leaving. It's just so awkward. Yeah. This movie is not only kind of, not. I wouldn't say it's disturbing. I didn't think it was disturbing. Mm. It's hard to swallow a little. Yeah. But it's also really funny. I found oh, it it's, hilarious. It's got some of the best comedy I've I Yeah, know. like, I, I don't know how many quotes I wrote down here. <laughs> okay. But, like, after they break up, <laughs> oh, my God. She's like, I'm going to recommend this restaurant to my sister. How many stars did it get? John Lovitz is just like, three and a half. You know, like, in the middle of this breakup, it's like yes. the most trying to avoid the situation uh-huh. sentence you can say. I know. I know. Oh, yeah. It, it's the most bizarre thing to... Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. And then John Lovitz has this great speech. He gives her this gift. He bought it after their first date. Yeah. And it's this rare collectible, like, teapot thing. Uh-huh. He, like, gives it to her, and she's, like, going to take the gift because that's the kind of person she is. <laughs> And then, like, after she goes on for a minute about it and, like, how great it is and she's going to cherish it forever, he, like, snatches it back out of her hand. It just goes off on her. 
ultimately, he's like, you think I'm shit? I'm champagne. You're shit. And that's exactly what she deserved to be told, man. I, I would agree. Yeah. When he says, I'm champagne, I just got up and cheered for John Lovitz. And this movie has only been on for two and a half minutes. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, it's okay. Now like you're saying, okay, we cheer for John Lovitz. You, you're also just as uncomfortable as you were five minutes ago. Right. I'm still uncomfortable. You know, you still want this to end. Yeah. The awkwardness is almost, uh... Like, like, you, you can't take much more of this awkwardness. Right, yeah. Get it over with, please. Exactly. And and when he when he is going off and, you know, saying about how he, you know, you, you think I'm shit. Mm-hmm. You think I'm fat. You yeah. think I'm... And, and I mean, like, it, it's everything every person of, of both genders have wanted to say to the person who broke up with. Exactly. And we, we, we could never actually do it because uh, we, we don't have the courage that John Lovitz has in this <laughs> film. <laughs> This is like, apparently Jane Addams is like, she's a screw up. Her character yeah. is kind of a screw up. Right. Uh, especially in the family of yes. her and her two sisters yes. and her parents. She's the screw up of it all. And you see that happen throughout the movie with her. Like when mm-hmm. she hooks up with Vlad, yeah. the the student from Eastern Europe. Right. And right. <laughs> he steals her stereo and guitar. <laughs> this Vlad is a bad dude, though, dude. After like, seducing her? Yes. Yeah, yes. He, he seduces her. Then thieves from her, then extorts her. It's uh, and she lets it happen because she's <laughs> afraid of this dude. I mean, like, in in, in some ways, she's very sympathetic because she's very sensitive and artistic, and people take advantage of her. Right. But on the other hand, yeah, she's letting this these these things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 maybe she is uh, she rarely stands up for herself in any kind of an effective way, and particularly with Vlad and with her sisters. Right. You know her sisters yeah. especially, um, the, the the way they they both constantly uh, are condescend to her. But Vlad in particular really gets the better of Joy because when 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 he extorts that money out of her and at the end he well it's not even really there's nothing fancy about it. He says, "Give me some money." Yeah, I need some money. I need money. Yeah, you know, and she just she just goes to a cash machine and gets it for him, gives it to him. They part on the street. Luckily, she's not going going back for more. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But uh, you know, he he just pretty much gets this and doesn't have to pay it back. So because Joy is a, a doormat. Yeah. So, um, the other sisters, I think that Cynthia Stevenson is pretty excellent as Trish. Yes. Yes. Definitely. She was probably my favorite of the sisters. <laughs> she's very. She's, she's very she, good. She's very good in this movie. I mean, like she's she's funny and and her character. She's really strong and smart and responsible. Um, but she also isn't very self-aware and she's kind of really judgmental and condescending toward joy and other people, but her actions at the end of the movie in immediately leaving her husband show her to be decisive and really resilient. Right. Um, so any, any time that you like kind of rolled your eyes at the things Trish was saying, maybe being a little out of touch and not being, you know, kind of, uh, being a little too conservative, um, that just goes out the window because you know that she's doing what's right for her children. Exactly. Yeah. She she's a good mom for she sure. She is great. Exactly. She's protective of her children and she does what's right. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we can get into that for a little bit. All right. Since we're there, her husband is Dylan, played by Dylan Baker. Yes. Uh, Bill Maplewood. Uh huh. He's a therapist. One of his clients is Philip Seymour Hoffman. We'll yeah. get to him right. a little later. <laughs> but he's also kind of messed up. Yeah. He sees a therapist also, which was an awesome scene when he's telling the therapist about his dream. Yeah. He's not telling it to him. You see it played out as a scene. Yeah. He's walking through a like a serene park in the yes. middle of like the city. It's yeah. like Central Park. It looks like Central and Park, right. He's carrying an AK-47 and he's just walking <laughs> by everybody. And there's this kind of whimsical, happy, yeah. springtime love music in the air, uh-huh. you know. And he just blows everyone in the park away and just stands there with the gun. He's He fires until yeah. he doesn't have any more bullets right. left. And people are just, there's dead bodies all around and people are crying. There's blood mm-hmm. everywhere. And he just, that music continues right. at, in the aftermath. And he just looks up in the sky and then um, like it's revealed that this is a dream. And right. he's telling his therapist about it. And uh, I guess this dream is, it's a recurring thing that he's got. Right. And in this one, he says it's better because he doesn't shoot himself in the end. Oh, that's right. He did say that. Right. Yeah. Um, and his, like, w- we see him at the therapist office immediately after treating Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. Right. Yep. Um, so you know that he's got some issues of his own, which always has, like, 
you know, kind of gotten to me, the whole idea of like therapists treating other therapists, like where does it end? Does that therapist have a therapist? And so on and so forth. (laughs) Right. Where's the source of all this? Right. (laughs) What's that Uh, called? Like an infinite regression? Infinite regression. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. And I hope to, I hope to get there someday. There's a mirror inside a mirror inside (laughs) a mirror. Exactly. (laughs) That therapist at the end becomes the observer and the observed. <laughs> yeah, there's like a singularity in there. Exactly. The therapists are all merged. <laughs> right. It um, was me the whole time. <laughs> yes, he's the. <laughs> he's like the Oracle, right? <laughs> oh my God. The Oracle. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah. Um, but, um, the, real, the real thing with him. Yes. Uh, you learn right after this, he's leaving and he goes to the gas station. Mm-hmm. He buys a. Teen Bop magazine. Right. What, do you know what it's called? It was called Cool. Cool with a K? Yeah. 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 It's a Teen Bop magazine right. with boys on the cover. Right. This is the most difficult thing in the movie, uh, which most people might be offended by. Yeah. Uh, he likes little boys. Yep. And so he takes this magazine and does some business in the car with it. Right. And uh, that's, that's his flaw in the movie. Yes. He uh, is. Man. And I think that I would argue, of course, that that most of the controversy of this film comes from Dylan Baker's role as the pedophile. Yes, I as, agree. You know, uh, I mean, like you said, 20 minutes into the movie, we see him pleasuring himself in the backseat of a car. Right. In public, you know. Uh, All right. So, you, yeah, that's most of the controversy. Right. But I think the controversial part is the way he's portrayed. He's Yes. He's, they play him off as like sympathetic almost. semi-sympathetic yeah. yes absolutely like he's um, they humanize him yeah that that's the big thing in this movie like the whole movie everyone in here you can kind of sympathize with them a little bit right they're played as just normal people mm-hmm. that have a flaw yes and they're human like you said correct they're humanized it, the movie really reminded me of like like a mike judge movie almost like oh, everything's okay. really down to earth okay yeah 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 and yeah. like real that's true and it like Funny in like this weird kind of way, you know. I mean, yeah, because yeah, because the 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 palette is suburbia. Yeah, it is the most normal thing you can have. You're right. You're absolutely right. It is. It is the the same sensibility of Mike. Right. Judge. Yeah. Like in in Office Space, my favorite joke is like a nothing line where his neighbor just goes, "Yeah, I'm doing the drywall up at the new McDonald's." <laughs> That's my favorite thing in the movie. And right. It's like nothing. You know? uh, yeah, I, I agree. That's just a just... normal thing some guy like that guy would say. You it's know? the same thing in Extract when when like yeah. when like uh, like Ben Affleck and, and is is tending bar at like this Drury Hotel. Yep, it looks exactly <laughs> like we know what Drury right. looks like. You know, and and that's what happiness has. All this stuff. You know, like like everywhere you look, it's it's just houses. You know, yeah. e- even though we know that like Laura Flynn Boyle's character like is. She's having evenings with Salman Rushdie, apparently, but mm-hmm. but she still is like she's living in New Jersey right. in an apartment building with the most normal people you know you can have. Even though she's this published, apparently this storied poet, right? She's just living this normal, simple life with Cameron Mannheim and and uh, and Philip Seymour Hoffman. So yeah. It, it's yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, let's continue with the Dylan Baker, I guess. Yes. Uh, so eventually, his story progresses, and one of the little league kids stays the night at the house. Right. And he drugs the family and the kid, and you don't see anything, but just wake up the next morning, and it it happened. Yep. I'm glad they didn't show anything. I didn't want to see that. Right. Uh, if they're going this far, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and there's some scene like, you can see he's kind of like he wishes he wasn't like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He even tries to tell his wife at one part. Yeah. She's like a sleeping. Uh huh. <laughs> his right. wife, by the way, uh. Is Trish, yes. like you said, the yeah. sister uh-huh. who's who leaves him. Right. Uh, and she's just sleeping. He's trying to tell her, and then he doesn't. Right. Ultimately, he ends up getting caught. And, and it's a tough road to get there because mm-hmm. you see the other family dealing with it. Yes. Uh, the macho dad. Yes. Oh, man, this character. I hated this guy. Uh, I mean, yeah. Johnny's father. He's a jerk. Yeah. He probably talks down to his son all the time. Absolutely. He even talks about he thinks he's gay. Right. Right. Uh, and he should get him a hooker to save him, to right. like, fix him. Yep. He, he says something exactly like that. He says it to Bill. He says yeah. it to Dylan Baker. He says it to Dylan Baker, right. the, the pedophile. Exactly. Uh, dude, but he does have an awesome line when they're doing the Little League. He's like the third base coach. Yeah. <laughs> and like his son comes up the bat and he's like, don't fuck it up. <laughs> don't fuck this up, Johnny. <laughs> he's just like clapping his hands yeah, like a normal trying. parent. Just exactly. Like, don't fuck it up. <laughs> like as loud as he can. Just like, go team. Yes. <laughs> 
front of a bunch of 11 year olds yes of course parents? right <laughs> that's that's who that dude is oh yeah I and mean, this this exactly and we've all met that dude right again you know it's a mike judge thing. exactly yeah he exists <laughs> he's really a real dude as even down to where when he finds out when he figures out what's happening yeah um and the phone rings at the Maplewoods house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill picks up. Dylan Baker picks up the phone, says hello. Joe Grasso is on the other end of the line. Yep. Tells him he's a dead man, and then hangs up. Uh, yeah. If the police don't don't take Dylan Baker away, Joe Grasso probably is going to murder this yeah, guy. Yeah, he's going to do something else. Right. And you know, like the other, I, I guess we can just kind of get into. I, I we talked about like the main controversy of the film is it, it's it's maybe not just the story of the pedophile but it's also the interaction between Bill and his son. Yeah, that kind of plays into the pedophile thing though. It you does. Know, so. Yes, um, especially you know like it's it happens like it's like a running thing throughout the film. Like they right. have these conversations, these kind of like really frank talks about usually sex. It's kind it's the kind of conversation you would think you. I would hope my son, yes. when he's this age, would come to me and talk Absolutely. about stuff like this. Yes. I mean, I don't particularly want to talk to my son about jerking off. But right, if right. If he has questions and he is brave enough to ask me, yep. I'm going to be real with him. Absolutely. Dude, th- that's that's exactly what you want as a parent. Yeah. 100%. Right. And that's what's happening here. Yep. But because a minute and a half earlier, we saw him jerk off to Teen Bop magazine. That's right. You are very uncomfortable in this Absolutely. conversation. Yes. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's a... There's a an undeniable horror that that is that is permeating every every it, word you know yeah it's like some of the worst foreshadowing yeah you could I mean nothing happens so it's not foreshadowing everything right. it's teasing it I guess right. it's tricking you mm-hmm. but man you have this sense of dread like yes. oh my god this better not happen I know and I know ultimately at the end uh, his son has a, a final talk with him right and asks him if he did it to Johnny right. And he says, yes, he's still completely honest with yep. him. Tells him, yes, yes, I, I did it. And his son's crying and says, would the kid actually says, like, would you fuck me? Yep. And the dad says, no, which thank God he said no. Right. But the kid is so upset when he says that, though. I had a feeling like the kid wanted him to do that. I don't know if that's what they're going for, but he seems so upset. You can't tell what's bothering him. It's, uh, I don't know what it is. Well, but, but there, but there was the, there was the follow-up question. He said, what was the follow-up? He, he said, would you ever fuck me? And his dad says, no. Right. And then Dylan Baker says, I jack off instead. Yeah. And oh, is that what got yes. him crying? Okay. And that's what really ups. I think that's what really upsets gotcha. Billy. He understands gotcha. like, yes, my, my dad probably would molest me. Yeah. You know, he, 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 even though he would control himself. Yeah. I still turn him on. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. which is, I mean, like that, that is something that the, like an 11 year old, I mean, think about like when you were 11 years old and like you had no idea about life. Mm-hmm. Um, if that was revealed to you. Yeah. I mean, like I, and, and the kid Rufus Reed, he's this actor, man, he's really good in this yeah. scene. I mean, like that, that crying he goes on to, yeah. I, I mean, like I, it, it just tears you up, mm-hmm. you know? And, and they, you, you can tell, thankfully that, that that they they shot it in a way so that Rufus Reed, the child actor, wouldn't be exposed like completely to this subject matter. Right. Like they had probably just had him saying these words without Dylan Baker with being no there. context. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it's you can tell the way it's cut. I was I was wondering mm-hmm. um, how they could get away with this. Right. This is I mean with the child yes. acting union or whatever yes. the hell they got there. Like, I'm sure his could parents not do this. Oh, exactly. And I'm sure his parents were there the whole time. Yeah. Um. You know and. But I mean, th- th- this is this is what we were talking about. Everybody is is kind of like just this particular scene yeah. is is the the where the I mean Sundance didn't want the film in competition because of this scene. Yeah, they they didn't want the movie. That's crazy. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um. Wow. This is the scene you warned me about. Too. Yes, I did. You said yes. there's some something really towards the end, especially being a father. You <laughs> right. know. I was like, okay, cool. Right. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted my friend to know what he was in for. It was so, yeah. Thanks for the warning, but sure. it wasn't that bad. Really. Good. It was okay. fine. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, I guess we can. And just just to sum it up real quick, yeah. he does go to jail. Everybody. Oh yeah, exa- exactly. He gets arrested, yes. and his yes. hu- his wife and kids yes. 
leave. Right. Just so you know. It's right after that that you you cut to um yeah. like like Trish Cold gathering cut the to kids. Her leaving exactly. The front door. Yep. yep. Right. Yep. She's getting the van and they're they're heading away. Yep. Um, and that, and that's what really, that, that's the other, like we said, that really redeems any kind of yes. like things that you had with like problems you had with Trish goes away because she's a strong woman. Exactly. You know, so, um, yeah. Uh, so we have Philip Seymour Hoffman, yes. uh, one of Bill's patients, Alan, Alan, he likes to make obscene phone calls and have an obscene lifestyle in general. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I love this character, he's man. So uh, he's my, uh, I mean, I, I've. Okay, I I I I don't laugh at anyone as much as I laugh at him at his performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Philip Seymour Hoffman, like with when he had like when he was. This is young Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's like this he's is like young right and hungry after you know? Boogie Nights. Yeah, man. exactly. He's and he's man, is he good? You know, and and what a loss. I mean, that we, we we said it before I on know, the show, we, but you know, uh, this is another one. This and it's it's a it's a. It's not very off-sighted as one of his best roles, but it is. It's it's so it, all it's of his roles really are his best roles, good but this is great, man. Yeah, it really is really good. Yeah, like I would say this is better than in Boogie Nights. Like, it, oh, it's really? better in this movie. Okay, all right. Um, I think I'm okay. They're both amazing. They're yeah. both really good. Yeah, I think this one is probably a little harder to pull off. Yeah, uh, just his body language and demeanor and the subject matter even is tougher to to handle. I, I would agree. Yeah, so, you're right. That's true. Uh, but. I'm not going to choose one over the other, <laughs> even though I just said this is probably better. But, I, I uh, want man. Scotty J and Alan. Yeah. yeah, I'll take both. Right? <laughs> I'll take Dusty from Twister, Oh, I'll man. take the dust, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he his neighbor is Helen Jordan, Laura Flynn Boyle, the yeah. writer sister. Uh-huh. The, one of the three sisters. Yes. Um, And he's got this just big boner for her, man. <laughs> And that's what he's talking to the therapist about, <laughs> to Dylan Baker. It's, he just uh, he just wants to talk to her, and he just wants to fuck her. <laughs> what does he say here? <laughs> he's practicing what he's yes. going to say. Yes. I'm, I'm going to fuck you so hard. I'm going to come out your ears. <laughs> like, he says it, like, in this weird, non-confident, like, breathy, uh, yeah. like, almost a whispery <laughs> voice. And just... You don't expect him to say something like that. Like, I'm going to fuck you so hard that you, I come out your ears. He's a total creep. Yeah, I definitely. Mean, I, you, you know, and like, and he's sex obsessed and he has no confidence and he spends all of his time alone. Um, you know, <laughs> there's, this, there's this scene. He goes through the phone book. Yes. Systematically, number by number, calling random numbers. Yes. And if he gets the right one, he starts talking dirty and jerking off. <laughs> And he, so this is what I was talking about. Like everyone's kind of connected yeah. a little. He yeah. gets, he gets, he gets Jane <laughs> he gets Adams. Jane Adams. Yeah. Yeah. The other sister, the right. doormat yeah. on the line. And she thinks it's another guy. Right. And he's jerking off to her. Yep. And, and then he like comes on to the wall and oh. sticks like a postcard on it. God. Like it was disgusting. The, the semen hits the wall and he cleans it by sopping it up with a postcard and using the, the actual fluid as an adhesive to then hang the postcard on the bulletin board. Oh God. It's disgusting. It's, gr- it's so gross. Yeah. All right. It's absolutely disgusting. <laughs> but I was laughing so hard. <laughs> of course you were. You're like, awesome. I don't. Because it's amazing. <laughs> I feel kind of like bad saying like that. I, this movie was hilarious. <laughs> I know. This movie walks such a fine, thin line on being something you don't want to watch. Right. To being like, I don't know, like it's either funny or like the most terrible amoral stuff ever exactly and it walks this line so well it doesn't cross the line ever right i mean some might argue it crosses the line Uh, some have argued that it does yes but i don't feel like it crosses it it's really close to crossing it right but it is right on that line and it is a perfect walk on that line i think i i I am in agreement with and that's why i've seen it you know that's why i've i've loved it as much as i have because i i feel the same way i feel that it it does a tightrope better than any movie of its kind yep there's a lot of substance in this movie Mm -hmm. and i can you've seen it multiple times like i'm sure you get new things every time i have absolutely yeah and you know (laughs) philip seymour hoffman's arc is is just pretty much that he needs to somehow find a way to overcome this crippling social anxiety yeah. that he has. Um, because he he doesn't really want to come out of Laura Flynn Boyle's <laughs> ears. He actually doesn't want that. He just wants right. to he wants to like express himself 
in some way to her. He probably has never had sex with a woman. He's probably never known the touch of anyone. I don't know. Probably um, not. You know, maybe a hooker. Perhaps I, I don't it's know. Possible. I don't see him as that kind of guy. Though. I think he'd chicken out of a hooker too. He he, he probably he, sits there and masturbates. Yes. All day. That's right. That's what, he, that's what it seems like. Exactly. And if he went to if he went to a professional, he'd give her the money and then run away. Dude, like, one thing I loved about his apartment, he's got, like, those baseball hats on the wall. Yeah. Like, I love that. Oh, yeah. That's it's cool. so cool. It's a good touch. It's like, right? oh, he, there's something about this dude. He's not just... <laughs> He just doesn't lay here in his own semen all day. <laughs> right. He just, I, he maybe he likes, you know, the it's, Dodgers. It's possible. Yeah, he's got like some normalcy <laughs> yeah. in his life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and like the, the 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 one person we see him interact with the most is Cameron Mannheim's character, Christina. Um, the other neighbor. Yeah, she's the other neighbor in the building. She pops in periodically to tell him about the death of their doorman, this guy Pedro. Pedro. And you're wondering, you know, like, like, what are these interactions that you see, you know, constantly? And, and what, what is this leading to? Right. Until finally she comes over and her and Philip Seymour Hoffman have an evening out together. And you're thinking, wow, is this happening? Are, are they're like dancing to Air Supply at a, a, a oh, at, at right. Friendly's? You yes, know? yes, <laughs> and, uh, yes. And then when he tells her, you know, like, hey, listen, I like you. Uh, that's when she makes this confession. Startling reveal. Yeah. Um. The first time I saw this movie, I didn't know what to make of her character, of course, for the first 80% of the movie. But when she reveals the fate of the doorman, I was as shocked as Philip Seymour Hoffman was. The fate of Pedro. Holy crap. I mean... uh, And she doesn't just tell the story. They show it. They show it Mm -hmm. as she's telling it. And then when... I mean, when she cracks his... uh, What happened to the doorman was, you know, she, she killed him when he sexually assaulted her. Right. Now, it's a scene of sexual assault. And it's played totally seriously as far as it goes. I mean, like you see the, right. the terrible and, and the, 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 the terrifying nature of what an assault could be, even though it's a very diminutive man yes. assaulting Cameron Mannheim, who is... She's a, a large a, woman. A large woman, right. She's a very innocent, trusting person. And in this case, she, she was, yeah, she was genuinely assaulted. But she gets him back. Right. Um, he's on top of her, and after he finishes... She snaps his neck like Jason Statham. Yes. Yes. And uh, I was wondering which action hero you would reference. (laughs) It had to be one of the dudes. Uh, And she then cuts him up and like is been throwing his body out into the dumpster periodically over the ensuing weeks. Yep. And she's telling this story while eating an ice cream sundae, and she hot is fudge so sundae with hot, strawberry ice wait, cream. hot foot sundae with strawberry ice cream. Absolutely, that's, that's <laughs> that that has to be known. And Cameron Mannheim is brilliant in this scene where she is just like eating the ice cream yes. and like revealing little bits of details, and she's really eating the the stuff too. Yeah. So like you know when you're eating something in a movie. You know, there's yeah. It takes time. There, there, there's takes. There's cuts and everything. So you don't want to like if you have to like eat that Sunday for the next right. two hours. That's gonna really feel. She doesn't care. She's like, I'm I'm just gonna eat this yep. ice cream because yep. I'm committed to this role. And damn it, she's so good. And and really when they good. cut to Philip Seymour Hoffman, he has this look on his face that is so classic. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. I mean, I can't do it because we're not a we're not a video show. But right. he's got this he's got this Joker smile going. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, I mean, like he's it's almost, he's, that, he's in disbelief. He's aghast and in yeah. disbelief. Like, what are you telling me? What is this yarn you're spinning? Right. This can't be true. Exactly. Why? Uh, yeah. You, what? You know, oh my God. But the whole, the whole thing is the whole time. She's like, apparently they cut off his penis or something. His oh. penis went missing. Yeah. She told him earlier that his penis was missing. And one of the only things he says to her is like, you cut off his penis. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. And she goes, no. Yes. Like, Ew, that's it. disgusting. I didn't want to touch it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which makes sense. Yeah, it does. Of course it does. <laughs> uh, and then she says, she ends it with, I'm a very passionate woman. <laughs> <laughs> They're sitting there in silence and yes. you can hear the spoon hit yes, the glass exactly. of ice cream. <laughs> this, it's good. Oh, it's, uh, it, this is the blackest humor you can have. I know. T- and you know what? It might surprise you, but I typically do not like this dark humor too much. Okay. Like sometimes I do. Right. But this, this movie really did it well. Okay. I really liked it, man. Good. Most of the time I, I you can keep the dark humor yeah. away from me. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm yeah. good. Yeah. But yeah, this was, this is good dark humor here. I, I, I agree with you, man. And I know exactly what you mean. I, I don't like black humor that is uh mean spirited and um like 
is there to 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 make you feel unease or whatever like, right. like we talked yeah, about it it's before. just there for the sake of being there exactly kind of. i don't need that family guy crap it's, yeah it's, it's like just, a, you know like the same with like a gross out yeah humor it's yeah. like the same it's just there right uh but in this movie it's part of the story yes this movie is very well written yes. man <laughs> This is a great script. I agree. This dude. is a great I know, script. I know. Absolutely. Dude. Oh, it's it's as good a script as has ever been written. And you can understand. I mean, I okay. No, I I was going to say you can understand like why it wouldn't have been like given any kind of run at the Oscars. Right. I can understand why, but I also really don't understand why. If something is this good, it needs to be given the credit it deserves. Right, uh, right. But it never would be, of course. You can't imagine, uh, you know, and a best original screenplay, Todd Solondz for happiness. No, it's not going to happen. They would never do this. Come on, people. It's Come just, on, it, people. It, it, dude, I know. You, it can't, you can't do it. Can't do it. You, you got to give it to, uh, you know, as good as it gets just, or something. Just got to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> give another award to Jack Nicholson, Exactly, please. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, All right. And ultimately, I think Christina's character gets arrested, I think, because at the end, yeah. at the final scene is like the the Maplewood family. Yeah, the, the, all, the, the, the sisters are there. Yeah, they're um, all there with yeah. their parents right. and the kids. Right. And it's kind of wrapping the movie up. Right. And they're just in, in passing. She's like, oh, did you hear they found that body and like all this stuff in, in the freezer? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's it, the, the, she's getting arrested. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's, it's it's clear that she probably has been arrested. She's probably going to probably going to do a lot of time for, for, for this. And, right. Um, you know, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, but yeah. And Laura Flynn Boyle is hilarious in the scene. She's good. A- a- she has this weird, like throaty whisper voice that she does. It's unsettling. It is. Yeah, I know. I know. Like we've told, like the sisters condescend, like it's, yes. a, it's a natural condensation. These sisters <laughs> have towards all people. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's true. Right. Right. And And they think they've got it all. Boy, Trish sure does. Trish thinks she's got it all. She's got the family. Yes. You know, she's got the kids. She's got the husband. She's got the husband. Yeah, exactly. You did I landed really the man. well with that one. Oh my god, she's so damn clueless, so yeah. deluded. Yeah, and and you know, you 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 watch her kind of prance around and and be arrogant to everybody, and um, uh, with her perfect physique and perfect children. Yeah, but this holier than thou voice of Laura Flynn Boyle is perfect. <laughs> and. Okay, with her character, her little flaw is like, well, she thinks she's nothing as a writer. Right. She's writing this, like, rape fantasy stuff. Yes. And she's like, I've, how can I write this? I've never been raped. Why didn't my dad rape me? Right. Like, right. And this, again, this is part of that whole, like, interconnectedness yep. of the movie. Yep. Not really connected, but kind of connected. Some people's problems are like other people's solutions, yes. kind of. Yes. Which is, that's all the writing, man. Mm-hmm. That's good. So you got the pedophile dad, like you don't know if he's going to rape his kid or not. Right. And this woman wishes she was raped as a kid. Like, right. It's totally fucked up. So that she could have that experience to become a great poet. Right. Exactly. Not not understanding that, that like, you know, number one, the gravity of what that would do to her life. Number two, that her brother-in-law is currently right. a, a rapist. Exactly. Of, chi- of children. Just so that she can produce better art. You know, um, she, yeah, it's so self-serving absolutely. and ignorant. Yes, yes. Just to say something like that. Exactly. And and we're here like being like seriously outraged by it, you know, yeah. by, by these actions. But we also can appreciate Laura Flynn Boyle, the actress's intelligence in portraying this. Yeah. With that voice that's just, you know, <laughs> like just, oh man. I mean, like I, I can't help but, but I mean, she... She she's talking to, to to Jane Adams on the phone at one point, and she's she's doing that condescension thing, but she's got like a muscle man, like a boy toy yeah, on the bed. Yeah, he's, he's like, like lifting weights, right? <laughs> he's pressing <laughs> exactly. He's just waiting for her to get off the phone so she so he can like he's probably gonna she's probably gonna like snap her fingers and he's gonna be you know with his, go. with his face between her yep, legs. Yep. Hey, get down here! All the while, Philip Seymour Hoffman is next door. <laughs> wishing he was there he all he wants is to touch the hem of her gown and the best thing about their relationship (laughs) is okay we we've already established that he likes to call people and say nasty things to them right right he gets her number finally reaches her (laughs) and he says what i talked about earlier (laughs) with the ears and everything um and he hangs up right away yeah she stars 69. What this is a great just shot here. <laughs> it shows her shows the phone and her thumb just hits star six nine. A perfect I'm 1998. Like, that is joke. 98 <laughs> at its best right there. <laughs> and 
he's at the office when he is, she calls he is. him back. And he answers and she's like, who is this? <laughs> and he hangs up real quick. And the thing is, she calls him back. Uh-huh. You think she's like, I mean, I got to get this guy. Right. I get, right. What did he do? No, she wants it. She's into it, man. <sighs> this is, I think this is right after she's complaining about yes. not being raped. Exactly. And, and now she has this, and she, yeah, she's not a normal person. So she's not going to be like, I need to find this guy and end him. Yeah. It's, yes, you need to come over and rape me. Yeah, are exactly. You, are, and, and it was probably the worst news he ever got. That like, she like, wanted it. Exactly. Yeah. No, he sits there and he doesn't know what to say. He goes, I don't know if I can do that. That is a perfect line for him to say. It that. is. It says so much about who he is. Absolutely. What he wants the most is right there mm-hmm. for the taking. Exactly. Now. And there's the scene at the end, like, she doesn't know it's him. <laughs> so then he goes home to the apartment, calls her, and he's just, like, mouth breathing yeah. into the phone. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he gets up the courage, and he goes over there and, like, knocks on the door, and she's like, oh, it's my neighbor. Right. And I think it, oh, what does he want? Right. And then he's standing there, like, breathing heavy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> His mouth open. <laughs> and after a couple seconds, she gets it. She's like, oh come in yeah like, he comes in they sit on the couch in the most like awkward <laughs> like 30 seconds of your life on opposite ends of the couch yes. and there's this this music playing that's kind of like seize the day man uh-huh. do it right right and like it took me a second to notice but philip seymour hoffman inches his hand across <laughs> the couch so slowly yes. you don't notice it till it's halfway right you're, you're like oh he he's moving right right <laughs> I know. <laughs> and he gets right near her hand and she goes, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> or, or this isn't working. This isn't working. If he would have just came in there and just said, we're doing this. Right. Get down. Right. Take um, con- he takes control. She would have been into it. Yeah. But because he's sitting there like a schlub, she's like, oh God, this isn't what I thought it would be. Because he is a schlub. He is. Exactly. I mean, he, he's, he's uh, like nothing but a schlub. And... I think he, when she says that this isn't working, he kind of immediately gets it. Yeah, too. he's like, yeah, right. Does he say right? What does he say? Um, I can't remember exactly what I he think says. He, but he yeah. just confirms it right instantly. Yeah, but, he's like, but he's just, yeah, yeah, he's in agreement. He knows and this he, is no good. Then he, I was gonna say he goes home and he jerks off, but he doesn't do that. Right. <laughs> That's what he would do. Yes. Right. <laughs> he ends up going to Christina's apartment. Right. Goes to Cameron Manheim's place. Yeah, the, the serial killer. Yes. <laughs> not a serial killer the murderer right of pedro right <laughs> but uh and he sleeps in the bed with her uh-huh. like she's under the sheets he's on the blanket yeah uh fully clothed yes in his still his business clothes and it's 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 kind of it's i think it's meant to be sweet but but it's kind of like just it's it's weird it, it's it's a weird weird it's a weird movie this, so it, it's perfect for the movie it is it fits right in they lay down and they're kind of facing each other and then they both like turn over yep. the face the opposite way so funny. But we're just going to sleep in the same bed and that's like, it, you know. You know how you try to like turn in bed like yes. in the same spot? Yes. Like you got to kind of like struggle? Yes. Like they're both doing that. <laughs> in the weirdest situation, it's, it's really funny. And air supply is back, by the way. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we, we, you know... We we haven't gotten into really the um the three sisters the the Jordan sisters I guess mm-hmm. their their parents are played by Louise Lasser and Ben Gazzara and they they live down in Florida they've retired to Florida and uh, Louise Lasser um Ben Gazzara is leaving her mm-hmm. uh, that they're splitting up and he they're ha- not getting divorced but they're not getting divorced that's a very important <laughs> distinction you know who said anything about divorce um, Louise Lasser. Uh, she's been a great actress for a long time and she's always been kind of underrated. Um, I've liked her in all those early Woody Allen films. Um, and she has this breakdown in, in the realtor's office with Marla Maples, by the way. And uh, she's, <laughs> she's right. You know, it's very weird in 2016 right. to see this again. But, uh, you know, she has this breakdown in the realtor's office where she she like, you know, finally like lets it out how, how she's feeling about Ben Gazzara leaving her. That's very touching. And Ben Gazzara, he has this increasing detachment from everyone in his life. He suffers from like uh, this inability to feel pleasure now. I love his like laconic right. style throughout the whole yeah, film. He's like it's become just, numb. Exactly. He mm-hmm. doesn't. He doesn't want anything to do with anything. He can't really enjoy even a round of golf. Right. Um, it, his wife's accusing him of cheating on her. Yes. Like being with Diane. Is that her yeah. name? Uh huh. It's Elizabeth Ashley. He's like, I'm not seeing anybody. Right. I just want to be alone. He just that's all he wants. Yeah. And and, and he's and that's legitimately what exactly he wants. because he does try something with Elizabeth Ashley when he splits up with Louise exactly. Lasser and he had he's feeling nothing. 
He's oh, getting no pleasure from it. There's such an awkward kiss. Oh, man. Uh, he's got, like, his lips pursed, kind of, and she's, like, mowing down on him with her <laughs> lips. Like, it's so weird. Oh, oh it's just a gross yeah. kiss, it's, man. It's not good. No, it's, <laughs> it's not. bad it's kissing. Right. <laughs> which I hope was intentional. Yeah. Uh, because of how, you oh, know, yeah. how he's feeling in the situation. It's uh-huh. just... Yep. He doesn't want it. It's right. not working. Right. Uh, the kiss is a physical thing we can see to represent that, you know. <laughs> exactly. I hope it just, they both suck at kissing. I hope that's not really what the case is. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. That. That's, and, and they, they are like just as, as kind of fucked up as everybody else in the movie, the, the, yep. the two older people. Um, and, and they suck at kissing. <laughs> Maybe they forgot how. Exactly. Like that, Diane forgot. She's probably out there, you know, trying to get young men all oh the time. Oh my god! Yeah, this this woman, yeah, Elizabeth Ashley is. is wow, she's uh, yeah, she's a player. Yeah, you know, she's a, a, a player at the at the at the Boca Raton, you know, whatever this place is. The Boca Raton retirement home. Exactly. <laughs> and I just I, I really love Louise Lasser and Ben Gazzara in this movie because especially Ben Gazzara with his his just his style of like being that mm-hmm. old tough guy. Mm-hmm. Um, who mm-hmm. doesn't say much, and when he does say something, it's always something that's like, you know, well, don't look for me. There's nobody. You know, when he's talking, <laughs> yep. to, he's talking to Larflin Boyle. Yeah, Larflin Boyle. Boyle's trying to hook up exactly. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It is. <laughs> One thing I wanted to mention that was awesome is, like, the youngest kid in the Maplewood family has a Tamagotchi. <laughs> totally 1998 man yes. and he gets upset like there's one scene he's upset and they're like what's wrong with these and <laughs> trish says oh his tamagotchi, his tamagotchi died, died right? <laughs> it, it couldn't be more late 90s than, than i mean like to put a tamagotchi it's in perfect movie, it's and it's so yeah such a reality i know like that they're in the real world. Man. You're right. You're right. You're right. No, it, it's, it's, yeah, this is what, this is what life is. Yeah. You're right. It, it also, the movie also kind of reminded me of Life is Sweet from Mike Lee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you're right. That's very grounded mm-hmm. and Absolutely. real. Like, you're right. Movie, quote unquote, movie stuff mm-hmm. doesn't happen in these movies. Exactly. That's right. And that's why they're so affecting because, mm-hmm. like, it's just holding up a mirror to, to our own lifestyles that mm-hmm. we, and, and I mean, like, you, you wonder how Hollywood people can even know what it's like to be real. Right. You know, but they do because mm-hmm. maybe because they actually grew up that way. And, and then they're like, and, right. you know, they're looking at it like, OK, well, I have this this thing in front of me that, that is portraying what I remember. So I'm going to give it everything. I'm going to give it my full attention exactly. and portray it like it's supposed to be, you know, like shown. So, yeah, yeah. Th- awesome. This movie's very well done, man. It is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you had like like kind of hinted at the last scene of the like the. um which is where the can you tell me one thing before I guess before we get into kind of like the the adults conversation I I just wanted to talk about the the actual last scene of the the movie. final yes. Uh, yes final dialogue the final dialogue yes <laughs> oh my god can you tell me what you thought of this it was okay okay like I said this movie has a lot of irony to it yes inside every word there's irony yes you know the kid. All right, they had a series of conversations. This is uh, Dylan Baker's son, right. who his friend was raped. The whole time he's having these intimate conversations with his dad, he's he's having problems coming. He's only 11. Right. So he's talking to his dad like, well, the kids at school say they can come or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, so that there's these really awkward conversations. And he can't do it. And at the end, he's looking at some babe, <laughs> you know, by the swimming pool in a bikini. And uh-huh. He, He's jerking it, and he comes in and says to everyone at the table, "I came, or, I, I finally came." I came. He says, yeah. "Yes," and we know he did because we saw the semen. It was the second appearance of actual semen in yeah. the movie. It drips down on the the railing of the balcony, right? And the dog licks it up. Ha, oh ha, yeah, yeah. You know that wasn't funny. That wasn't good. No. I, I saw that and went, "Oh yes, that's too much, Todd." I mean, it's a real thing, though. Yeah. Like, I was like, dude, a dog would do that. A dog that. would probably go after but it, But sure. you don't need to show me a dog no. lapping up some semen. <laughs> but, <laughs> man. Yeah, it, the, the last scene's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Does it just end abruptly? Like, that's it. Yeah, that, that, that's when... Go to black. Exactly. It fades to black right yep. after he says, I came, and then the, 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 the adults all look oh, at him. Oh, the dog then goes and licks uh, Trish's face. <sighs> yes, yes. He does uh, that, that. That comes before he comes in. Okay. The, the dog gotcha. comes in and yeah, she gives Trish some kisses and then uh, Billy walks God. in and says, I came and the adults all look at him fade to black. Yeah. And it's like, uh, 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 it, it, okay. 
I, the, my, my actual issue with it was that I didn't think that an 11 year old who had never masturbated before would be bold enough to not only masturbate um, on a on a on it, a what a, a patio a deck yes where people could see him yeah that was that, that well, I had maybe a problem he's with just that. so he's not good at it so he's doing it wherever I guess so yeah maybe he just you're right exactly maybe maybe he realized I I. Yeah, and and he probably is thinking to himself, I'm not going to have this opportunity again. There's not going to be this babe, yeah. like like you know, undoing her top uh, right in front of me. Um, I I better make use of this. <laughs> Get it while it's hot. Exactly. Right. Strike while the iron is hot. Stroke while the iron is <laughs> Stroke hot. Stroke while the iron is hot is is the message of the last film. Yeah, <laughs> last scene of the film. Yes. Um, man. <laughs> Talking about those uncomfortable scenes with the dad yeah. uh, in the sun. Uh-huh. Did you think it was kind of funny also? Like, oh, of course. Just because it's a... If you didn't know about the pedophile yeah. stuff, yeah. this would be humorous. That's why it has the effect it does. Because like you talked about the irony in every, in every word of the script. Right. There's the moment when Dylan Baker tells Billy... You know, don't worry. You're normal. Hey, yeah. you'll, you'll come. You'll someday. come. <laughs> and then he like he gives him a sh- like a like a fist yeah, to the a shoulder, pat on the back. Exactly. Like don't like worry. A, like an you'll attaboy. Come someday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's and, and there's this like you know like yeah. like like music like full house music yeah, yeah. almost you know like fade to the next scene. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> it's it's totally unacceptable. You yeah. know and. And, and that and that's where we're like you also mentioned like the, this movie like dancing that fine line between mm-hmm. something that is totally immoral and exactly you know if if they had not established the pedophilia right um right it would just be some really morbid humor absolutely and now it's inappropriate humor yes yes almost I, very close very close <laughs> yeah it um, might even be exactly because because like yeah I mean I I guess, I guess at that point we haven't seen Bill abuse someone yet right i'm, I'm um, guessing this is his first time yes i'm guessing yes i'm get me too i'm guessing too but, and, and and i i you know what i i would i would argue that it is because i i think he's probably going he i want i i imagine he has probably not told his therapist about his desires yet but the way he carries on when johnny spends the night um tells yeah. me that he's never done this before well he he has such this anticipation yes of it happening yes and johnny like Keeps refusing the ice cream because he doesn't like the chocolate that he yeah. put the sleeping pills in. Yeah. And the tuna sandwich, he's not eating it. Right. Because he's not hungry. Right. And he's like, well, it won't taste good tomorrow. You might as well eat it tonight. And he's like, okay. <sighs> and he eats it. That yeah. Dylan Baker. He's, he's pushing him. Pushing him. That, 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 that line particularly of it won't taste good tomorrow. You better. He is horrifying. Yeah. I, 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 I really was hoping Right, he that kid wasn't going to eat that stuff. Absolutely, you know. Because uh, then I was hoping when it fades back in the morning that he didn't go through with it. Right, but no, no, you know that doesn't happen. He he, he went for it. He absolutely went for and it. And like even in the scene where Philip Seymour Hoffman and Laura Flynn Boyle are together on the couch, right? I was hoping it would happen actually. Oh yeah, because yeah. that's the kind of conclusion you want right. from these kind of things, right? But Todd Solomons doesn't give that to you. That's right. He takes it away right when you're there. <laughs> The iron's hot. <laughs> You're trying to stroke it. Oh God! <laughs> but he he pours cold water on it, man, That's and right. exactly. throws it in a completely different direction, <laughs> and a direction you might not even want to go down. Oh, a, a direction that you you would like never even consider, because I mean, yeah, like the, the only person getting what they want in this movie is the pedophile. That's true. You know, and and that's like I, I guess the most the 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 talk about bucket of water in your face. I mean, like, like the, the, the yeah. worst reality of all is, is he's the only one who I guess had the, the wherewithal to like make his desires come true to, to get his happiness. Yes. Quote unquote. Yes. And he, and you know, I, it's going to cost him his life. Of course. Yeah. Um, and he might even die in prison. He, it's possible. Because, yes. You know, even some of the most hardened criminals, they don't take that kind of behavior from people in prison. It's it's almost common knowledge now that we, like, we know this. Yeah. Yes. Like if you do that to kids, you're a dead man. You're in the criminal hierarchy. You are considered like, you yeah. know, like, uh, yeah, you're, you're going down. Yep. Um, I, I, and, and it's, you think about like just Bill Maplewood in prison. Oh my God. I mean, he's, he's, he has no, he doesn't have a snowball's chance of surviving, no, I uh, mean, you know, God. a month. Th- this um, guy, yeah. you know, with his, sweaters and stuff like he's not gonna last 
he's probably had that haircut since senior year. Right. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it, it, he's done. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's a dead man. Yeah. <laughs> and it sucks, man, because, yes, he's done despicable, a despicable thing yeah. and has despicable behavior. Right. But he's the father to those kids, man. Yeah, they don't right. have a dad anymore because of him. Yep. Because of what he's done. Yep. And like I said, you have some sympathy for him because they play it as if, you know, that's how he is. Mm-hmm. He can't help it. Right. He doesn't want to be that way. Right. You know, and he, he's trying not to be like that. Right. And man, just the effect that has on that family, it's destroyed. Uh, I know. Yeah. And it's beautifully shown when after the cops come and they and they they interrogate Bill, it's not even a long scene. He like the cops say, right, uh, we need to talk to you about uh, Johnny Grasso. So then like Bill goes over into the dining room and tells Trish, hey, I'm going to talk to these cops. He comes in to talk to the cops and says, so you wanted to ask about Ronald Farber? And they said, uh, uh, no. And he goes, uh, I mean, Johnny Grasso. Who was Ronald Farber? He's the other kid that Bill molested. Uh, he was he was staying by himself because his parents had gone out of town on vacation. Billy tells him that he has a friend, Ronald Farber, who's staying by himself. Bill is supposed to go to the PTA meeting, but instead he looks up Ronald Farber's address and goes to his house. Is that when he's driving through the neighborhood? Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. I missed that detail. Okay. Like, right. Uh, but yeah, this this is great. This right. shot is amazing. Mm-hmm. He drives into this suburban village right. of, <laughs> of model homes. Right. <laughs> there's a, a yellow sign. It says, watch oh, children. Oh, God. I you know. know. Like I know. children at play in the street. But it just says, yeah. watch children. That's a that's, oh, that's devastating. What a fine point on that. Yes, you're right. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a nice touch. Right. Wow. And, you know, like, and the thing is, it, it, the the minimalism sometimes of this movie is after after it's kind of revealed that, that Bill has, like, has kind of sealed his own fate by mentioning that other kid. Yeah. Um, cut to the next morning, Trish trying to get everybody to the school bus, and the kid with a Tamagotchi is, is throwing a fit like he right, usually does. Right, right. And they, the school bus drives off and Trish has to realize she has to take the kids, you know, herself. She looks up, the camera pans back. Someone has graffito tagged the house with right. serial rapist pervert. Yep. The news has already gotten out. Um, all the kids know at school. All the kids at school know about it. And then, like, cut to again, uh, the family in the dining room saying nothing to each other, just looking at their plates with Bill and Trish. You know, they all... Uh, somehow that, that, yep. that shot of just the graffiti on the house is enough Mm-hmm. To, to like to like tell the whole story yeah like like if you had that painted on your house whether you were guilty or not i mean your life is uh right. your life is not the same exactly you know now um we've spent a lot of time talking about this character yeah because it there's a lot of stuff to talk about with yeah. this character mm-hmm. but all these other characters man are just as in-depth Oh yeah, and just is awesome, right? You know, just not as well saying, developed. Not right. saying Bill Maple was well, yeah. an awesome person. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, but, but it's just well developed and well written. It's an accomplished piece um, of writing, and we've yes. touched on all of them. But there is so much more here we could go over. But Absolutely. we're going to have to wrap it up, mm-hmm. man, because right. we're, we're going kind of long. Oh, oh, we are, sure. which is fine with yeah. me. This mm-hmm. is a great movie, right? So I don't mind talking about it, right? Um, so who who's your favorite in this movie? By the way, I just want to um, know. You know, it's it's tough to say because I like every actor so much. But yeah. I mean, I guess I guess if I had to pick one, I'd say Philip Seymour Hoffman is is mine. I might pick him too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or Dylan Baker because yeah. that storyline, as tough as it is, it's right. very strong. It is. It is. Uh, so yeah, probably Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong with that. Ever. You can't. Right. So, um, anything else you want to touch on real quick? Uh, well, and I, I do want to say, yeah, that just, um, Jared Harris is one of my favorite actors. Um, and I think his performance here shows all of his ability. Uh, he plays he? Vlad. Vlad. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's very few actors who could casually toss off a line like what he has in the diner and make mm-hmm. it stick. Um, but I mean, he was so good in this movie. He's so good in Mad Men and Lincoln and I shot Andy Warhol I just wanted there to be special mention of Jared Harris, who is one of my favorites, um, and it's it's just a pleasure to watch him do his now, thing. Does so. he have that Eastern European accent, or is uh, he no? He from... is from the UK. Okay, uh, he's a very proper Englishman. Man, these UK people mm-hmm. can do accents. I'm telling you, this guy. I mean, like he's as good as Gary Oldman with the Russian accent. We gotta get Khan to see him. I, I want I want Khan <laughs> I want Khan to judge this because I think it's pretty great. So I do too. Yeah. And he's speaking <laughs> Russian to his wife in the film, yeah, uh, or to his girlfriend in the film, um, who is a Russian actress, and he's doing it just like she is. So I, I, I want, I want this verdict. 
Awesome. Yeah. All right. So, Dave, <laughs> would you recommend this movie? Uh, yes, I would. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, that this is. I, I, I'll. I'll say that caveat again, everybody. I. 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 You know, it's not for everybody. I, I'm recommending this movie because I think it's great. But I will totally understand if, based on what we've said, if you want to avoid it. So. Exactly. I completely agree with Dave. One hundred percent. Yes. So. Uh, I guess that about wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our show in iTunes. Rate it, review it, but most of all, share it. That's the best way to get more dudes to listen to the dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't use iTunes, you can find us anywhere else you get uh, podcasts. Just search Dudes on Movies. You'll find <laughs> us on any podcatcher or go to dudesonmovies.com. You can find everything you need right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, just search Dudes on Movies. And we have an email address, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. If you do find us on social media, with Facebook, hit the like button. And with Twitter, uh, make sure to follow us. Yep, yep. Um, so stay tuned next week to hear us discuss 2010's Monsters, directed by Gareth Edwards. I'm interested to see what Dave thinks. Mm-hmm. So on behalf of Dave and myself, we are your dudes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.